96.7 FM WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, and we're helping you to retire that job but keep the paycheck. Today in this segment with me is not Bryce Payne, but we're talking with Kristen Johnson about the upcoming Clemens Community Day event. Good morning, Kristen. How are you? Good morning, Doug. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm excited. Yeah, so it sounds like we've got a big event coming up. We sure do. We sure do. This is Clemens Community Day 12.0. Okay, good deal. We're going to get more details about that. But before we do, as we always try to do on this show, I want to reach out and I want to thank all of our first responders, our veterans, our service members, and especially their families for every sacrifice you guys have made and are making in the future to protect us and keep us safe. Thank you so much. All right. Clemens Community Day. Yes, sir. How long has that been in uh, been going on? Give me some history here. Well, as I said, 12.0. Uh, this is the 12th year mm-hmm. for Clemens Community Day. And uh, I guess 12 years ago, a couple of really pivotal community leaders decided that they wanted to create an event that would celebrate Clemens And what that means is the people that live in Clemens, the people Mm -hmm. that work in Clemens, the people that start businesses here, go to school here, anybody that has any sort of connection with this area. And it goes beyond Clemens to the Louisville Clemens and beyond areas. It's just a celebration of our our local place that we like to call home. Yeah. Well, I tell you, Clemens uh, over the years has, uh, it's been unbelievable, the growth here. Uh, as you know, I actually uh, lived here when I was in the sixth grade, and there was literally nothing here. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing. Mm-hmm. And now look at it. True. And and just thinking about, you know, I have ties to the historic Broyhill here in right. Clemens. And that building alone, it was built in 1925. And I've had the pleasure of meeting so many people who over the history of that building have been influenced by it starting in 1925 with it being a school all the way till to, to, until today where it's more of an office complex and an event center. But we have a history hallway that, that, that goes all the way. I mean, a lot of people from the 80s went to school there. I have people from the 50s that came in and did a reunion there. But the growth, the pictures that I've seen over time, the dirt roads mm-hmm. to now where you have to you know know what you're doing across the road. Right. <laughs> the growth has been tremendous in this area. You're yeah. right. Yeah, you know, it's been over 10 years ago when I first met you, and I moved my office out there to the Broy Hill. And, uh, you know, it was it was weird because that's where I went to school in the sixth grade. You know, we're talking about the this little area of Clemens uh, and how unique it is to the community. If you drive around and look around, it's just beautiful property here. It is. And, okay, so I have to go back. Here's a question. Can you remember a decade ago? <laughs> when we met hardly <laughs> <laughs> when we met and you walked into the historic Broyhill yeah. cuz that was the school for you yeah yeah you know those memories that yeah. just kind of flood in yeah. did you smell the smells did you have some of the memories from then or do you remember i remember distinctly walking with you around and where the principal's office yes, was yes <laughs> i think that's where i was going with this oh yeah yeah i dis- distinctly remember that and then in the auditorium yes which is now the conference center uh-huh. Uh, back in the day, we would come in there before the first bell and sit down and watch Mickey Mouse. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all those memories did come flooding back. Does the building have a similar smell to when it did? It does. Yeah, I, I think that's just so interesting that how many years can pass. And number one, those smells still exist. But two, you remember how you felt with that. And that's and, and going back, you know, getting back on track, the, this area, the community, I think that's what's so beautiful about it mm-hmm. is there are so many people that do have ties to what it was that are pulling ahead to what it is and what it's becoming. And I think the beautiful properties and these events that we're hosting and some of the offices that are here and the homes that are here, it really just boasts the fact that people have heart for mm-hmm. this area, which is why Clemens Community Day was created is because it, people have heart for this area and it's a celebration of Clemens. And, and so many people love this area. They've moved in left and right. I know for me, it's like coming full circle. Mm-hmm. You know, I told you I, I'm a Winston native. I was born here, but uh, left after the first grade. My dad was in retail and I've been, you know, all over the world with uh you know, travels and the military and so forth. And we've lived down in Charlotte for years and years and years, but now we've decided to come back home. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're here. We're looking forward to the Clemens Community Day. Let's talk more about that, Kristen. I know it's it's fun to go back and and reminisce, but um, what can people expect when they come to Clemens Community Day? Well, the first thing they can expect is a lot going on. So I really want to start by saying that this is a family-friendly event. And it is not exclusively for people that live in Clemens. I live in Winston-Salem, and I'm spearheading the planning of this event. And my family will be there. I've got two little ones. They're excited to be there. There are a lot of activities that are part of the day that make it enticing for everyone. So, for example, there's going to be a coffee truck there. I'm going to be excited about getting some coffee there (laughs) because that's what moms need these days. Um, There's going to be ice cream, a trackless train that's going to go around the entire perimeter. There are food vendors, business vendors, face painting bounce houses, demonstrations from local martial arts studios, just a lot of things that are going on. And in tandem with this year's Clemens Community Day is going to be the Village of Clemens Farmer's Market. So there's going to be opportunity for purchasing local fruits, vegetables, crafts. So it's going to be a two-for-one event. A lot is going to be going on. Well, that's great. If you just joined us uh, today on the Wealth Guardians radio show, we're talking to Kristen Johnson, and uh, we're talking specifically about the upcoming Clemens Community Day event. Kristen, when is that? So the event is going to happen on Saturday, April 29th, and it's going to be at the Jerry Long YMCA in Clemens. The event hours are from 10 until 2. So really that spans a large enough gap that if you can't, you don't have to attend the whole time. It's a drop in, drop out type of event. But typically when people show up, they stay the whole time. And and as I remember from last year, parking's pretty plentiful, right? It is. Uh, We do a really nice job to make sure we're spreading out parking, but also we have overflow parking and shuttle service from a local school. Okay. That's great. Now, you are going to be the master of ceremonies or the mistress of ceremonies or whatever you call it. How did you get involved in that? (laughs) Well, I like talking, so there that helps. Uh, So a couple of years ago, I was the president of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. And what that did for me is every month I had to get up on stage and talk to a group of people, which 
I guess, proved to me that I like doing that and that I could do that and I was willing to do that. And so with that experience over a year's time, I also sat on the board and still do of the organization, the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. And so I've been involved in planning the event. And then to answer your question, emceeing just kind of came naturally because I'm able to do it and they're used to me, I think. Okay. So is this a job that you're going to keep forever, you think? I don't know about forever, (laughs) but I love doing it. And as long as I love doing something, I will continue. And you know what? Here's the big thing. Hope they're all listening. They have to ask me back. I mean, this isn't, I'm not a shoe in here. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure your, uh, your uh, requests and salaries go up every year. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? So uh, speaking of your emceeing uh, over the last couple of years, is there any one memorable event that you've had that you'd like to share? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, Oh, it's a conglomeration. You know, I uh, I emceed with Bria Love from the the news, mm-hmm. WXII, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And just watching her work the crowd really taught me a lot about, you know, how to do that as well. And then when I when you start interacting with the audience and looking out, you see the reactions. And I think that to me is what stands out the most. I, I look at the children. They're having so much fun. The parents are chasing them. I don't know if they're having as much fun, but you know, you see all these people that are doing their thing and then just here to support that local community. The mascot dance off. So let me tell you about that. So businesses and schools that have mascots, they come to the event, they meander around the event, but at a certain time, they have a mascot dance off. And so the kids come around and cheer for their favorite mascots. We've had mosquitoes dancing around like a life size or a human sized mosquito. Uh, we've had bears, we've had frogs, we've had the demon deacon, we've had all kinds of mascots <laughs> dancing around. And that to me is probably a highlight just because it gets silly and fun and loud and it's, it's a competition for the best dancer. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it myself. Again, let's uh, give the details out, time, place, and so forth. Sure. So again, on Saturday, April 29th, from 10 o'clock in the morning until 2 in the afternoon at the Jerry Long YMCA, we are having Clemens Community Day. Also in tandem with that, we're having a farmer's market that's going to be at the same spot. So if you're coming for the farmer's market, make sure you stay for Clemens Community Day and vice versa. The farmer's market is going to open up that morning at 8.30. So there's going to be something to do there at the Jerry Long YMCA from 8.30 in the morning until 2 o'clock that afternoon. Uh, It's a rain or shine event. And then one thing that I think is really important to to say is that we're doing a, a large collection for the Clemens Food Pantry that day. Okay. And so we ask people, you don't have to, but we really ask people to consider bringing a non-perishable food item. Well, that sounds great. Everybody's invited, so uh, I uh, recommend coming out and checking out Clemens Community Day. Thank you so much for listening. This is the first segment of the Wealth Guardians radio show. Stay tuned for our second segment. Kristen, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Doug, thank you for having me so much. Hope to see you there. Alrighty. Okay. Bye. 96.7 FM, WTOB. You're listening to the Wealth Guardian show with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm Bryce Payne along with Doug Ray. And in this second segment, we are discussing when and how to rebalance your portfolio. Now, we normally have a trivia question, but because we had uh, Kristen as our guest in the first segment, we've skipped over the trivia question this week. Perhaps we will try to get Doug with two next week. Uh, (laughs) But I do have two questions for you. Are you looking forward to your retirement? 
Do you want to make sure that you are making the best financial decisions for your retirement? Two simple questions. There should be two simple answers to that. Yes and yes. So if you did answer yes to those questions, then Doug and I have great news for you. We here at the Wealth Guardians offer a no cost, no obligation, second opinion slash review of your retirement plan, including a deep analysis of your assets, investment portfolio, insurance policies, income needs, risk tolerance, risk exposure, tax mitigation strategies, legacy goals, and even the fees that you are currently paying. Our goal is not complicated. It's quite simple. We want to help you lower your fees, align your risk, and improve your overall retirement pictures so you can indeed retire the job and keep the paycheck. But the ball, as always, is in your court. You have to give us a call. And that's easier said than done. You just got to pick up the phone number and give us a call at 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. Give us a call or visit us at thewealthguardians.com to set up your financial plan review with Doug Garrett and myself today. And remember, the markets are not going to wait for you. Okay, so now let's go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of our second segment here, Doug, when and how to rebalance your portfolio. So a quick introduction of this concept, because a lot of people out there from our experience, Doug, have been very passive investors their whole lives. They might be good savers and they every extra dollar that they have, they've put into their 401k or their IRAs but they don't know much about what they're doing beyond that. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to retirement, they get ready to come to a financial planner, retirement specialist like we are here at the Wealth Guardians. They know how much they've had and they know that they've been in mutual funds and maybe some stocks. But when you start getting into the more technical aspects of how their portfolio has been managed and what their holdings are actually oriented to do, are they dividend paying stocks? Are they growth oriented stocks? They don't have much answers beyond that. Right. Now, that's not all of our clients. A lot of our clients are actually fairly astute and have been uh, good at learning the ins and outs of the uh, of the markets. But I would say a majority of them have just saved and they don't know a lot about what they're doing. So let's talk about rebalancing your portfolio. That is, in very simple terms, I'll, I'll lay out the picture here. Let's say that you've got a portfolio, you're younger, and it's all stocks. You don't have any bonds in it, but you want about of that portfolio to represent the United States and 50% to represent outside the United States. Well, let's say that the United States is doing quite well for a while and your balance, because those United States stocks have gone up and the rest of the world wasn't doing as well, you might now have a portfolio that is 55% U.S. stocks and 45% outside the U.S., not because you bought more outside or more U.S. stocks, but because they went up in value more. So that's just a real easy idea of what balancing your portfolio would do. Let's talk about the first question here is why would somebody rebalance their portfolio in the first place? Yeah, that was a kind of a specific uh, situation that you you cited there. In the broader terms, um, when you sit down with a financial advisor, uh, they're going to do a risk analysis uh, or risk tolerance test on you. In other words, how much risk can you really afford uh, before you say, ouch, uncle, I I can't take it anymore? And so that might turn out to say that you need to have a portfolio of, say, uh, 60% stocks and and 35% bonds and uh, 5% cash or some, some combination of that. So over time, let's say the allocation grows uh, because the markets are going up. 
to where you've got 75% of your total portfolio in stocks, mm-hmm. and now you've only got about, say, 20% in bonds uh, and 5% in cash. Well, rebalancing says, okay, I need to start putting more of the stock money into the bond money and get it back to a more 60-40 or 65-35, whatever it was at that point in time. And you have to see that that can happen uh, fairly quickly, especially right. in a bull market. Right. Or it may take a couple years to get out of kilter with your with your allocation mix. So that's the simplest definition of it. You want to keep your portfolio aligned with your risk tolerance. And, and having said that, over time, people's risk tolerance does change. So your financial advisor... Uh, ought to be uh, giving you a risk tolerance score, I would say, not necessarily every annual review, but maybe every couple annual reviews. No question. Just to see if, you know, things have changed with your situation and if your risk tolerance has gone down or up. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the picture that I painted there, I wanted to include in this conversation are younger investors out there who might not have bonds in their portfolio right. and they just thought in the real simplest terms, well, how much should I have in the United States? How much should I have in the rest of the world? But that same concept of needing to go back and rebalance between your U.S. stocks and your outside of the stocks, that whole concept plays throughout your investment life. It and let's, let's say now that you are retired, you might not, well, you not that you might not, you probably wouldn't want 100% of your portfolio in stocks. You want to start buffering the volatility of your portfolio one common way in the way that you described it is to use bonds, though uh, there's a, a, a lot of things about the market that would say that bonds isn't the necessarily the best way to rebalance your portfolio or to include in your allocation of your portfolio alongside stocks at these points. But you started painting the picture of rebalancing being different in your retirement years than how it would be in your earlier years. Almost definitely. For risk tolerance. Now, somebody might be rebalancing early on in their portfolio, not for risk tolerance, but for growth potential. Mm -hmm. So, but later on, you're still, you're still engaging in that same concept of rebalancing your portfolio, but now it's for risk and risk tolerance. So are there investment vehicles? This would be the next question I want to ask. Are there investment vehicles or tools like say, a robo-advisor that one would use to rebalance automatically. Oh, there are. And they've been around now for several years. Um, you know, I, I can remember distinctly that, uh, you know, some portfolios come with automatic rebalancing. And, and you can set them up uh, for a quarterly auto rebalance or semi-annual or annual. Now, that come with a fee. You know, you've got you've got to pay an extra fee for that. I guess I'm just... I'm an old-timey guy. You know, I'm old school. Mm. I, I would much prefer sitting down with an advisor uh, and doing the rebalance that way. That the human way, touch. The human touch. That way, you know, you can do that risk tolerance test again and, and, and make sure uh, that you are on the same plane with your advisor. Well, let's talk about that that risk tolerance concept a little bit deeper. You know, for somebody who is 40 or even maybe even in their early 50s, they might have a risk tolerance. If they took the test that we use, it gives you a score between 1 and 100. Mm-hmm. And they might have a 60 or a 70 risk tolerance score. But as they get closer to retirement, 
their time horizon. Uh, and that, that's meaning how long until they're going to be using the money with taking distributions from right. their savings and using that money in retirement. That time horizon shortens. And with that, naturally, your risk tolerance shortens too. Because if you're okay with a 40% drop in the market and you're okay with a 40% drop in your portfolio when you're 40 years old, you are probably not okay with a 40% drop in your portfolio two years before you retire. Most likely. That that changes yes. things. <laughs> so uh, you, want to, you want to have, as you said, have that, um, that risk tolerance conversation every couple of years with your clients and with your advisor and make sure that you are actually rebalancing your portfolio year by year as your risk tolerance is dropping. Mm-hmm. Your risk tolerance might not have dropped much between the age of uh, ages of 30 and 40 or 40 and 50. But between 50 and 60, I'm guessing your risk tolerance has started to drop. Oh, there's a big change between 50 and 60. And you and I see this every day with people coming in the door. You know, they, they're constantly telling us, you know, 10, 15 years ago in 08, when the market went down, I didn't much care because I knew I wasn't retiring for another 20 years. Right. But now I'm five years away. So I've got to be more careful with my money. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, let So the robo-advisor, the, the question I'd asked, I did want to say, you know, those are on a lot of 401k um, websites now where whoever manages your 401k, you can go in there and, and set up auto rebalancing. So people who are doing a majority of their savings in their 401ks are probably used to those. But the type of um, rebalancing conversation that we have is not like those robo auto generated things that you see in the 401ks at all. I think we've got time for one more question I want to ask you here, Doug, and it's an important one. Should investors and their advisors consider tax implications when we rebalancing their portfolios? That's a very good question. Um, obviously, you're talking about uh, the the accounts that are not uh, like retirement accounts, like 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, SEPs, Roths, that kind of thing. Because changing and buying and selling in those accounts, they don't have an immediate tax consequence. But monies that are in your joint account, your brokerage account, non-qualified accounts is what we call them, that can have a, a big tax implication. So you know, I'm thinking of a client right now who who bought Apple stock uh, way back when. I think their cost basis is something like thirty thousand dollars, and the and the position now sits at nearly half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you rebalance that portfolio, then you're going to bring in uh, a four hundred seventy thousand dollar long term gain. So. Is that something that you really want to do just to rebalance a portfolio? At least all in one year. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So there are some strategies. The short answer is in IRAs, 401ks, no, there are no tax implications for that. But outside of that kind of account, absolutely, with an explanation point, you do want to consider the tax implications of that. Well, that was our topic on when and how to rebalance your portfolio. Doug, it looks like a beautiful weekend out here. What are you doing uh, after we're done here? Well, after we're done here, I'm probably going to go home and unpack some more boxes. (laughs) (laughs) And in a year or so, you'll be packing the boxes back up again. Oh, yes. Isn't that so much fun? Yeah. And uh, still recovering from the surgery. Everything's looking good. You're walking around. and uh, We're we're three weeks past uh, the surgery and doing well. I started walking this week and feeling really, really good. You look good. So I'm, I'm glad to see you back in here. We missed you while you were out. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have this week for this show. We will see you back here next week. We hope the rest of your weekend is everything you want it to be. This is Bryce Payne along with Doug Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB.